Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This podcast, no, oh, that wasn't very enthusiastic. <laughs> This podcast may contain adult themes, strong language, and stupid health advice. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to In Bad Taste, where we cast a critical eye over health documentaries and the claims they make. I'm your host, registered nutritionist Pixie Turner, and yet again, I have dragged along my Australian co-host, and I say dragged because we've been having technological issues today, and we do feel <sighs> dragged into this conversation. So dragged. Um, yes, I'm cardiothoracic surgeon Dr. Nikki Stamp, and I, as it turned out, am not as technologically savvy as I think I, can, I am, because between us, we have not been able to troubleshoot the problem. So if this podcast is playing in your ear holes, you need to understand the sacrifices that were made to get it to that point. <laughs> Things have not been going well. We think that perhaps the uh, producer of this film that we're talking about, The Magic Pill, has uh, infiltrated our technology to stop us from making this episode. He's using the 5G. Correct. <laughs> For legal reasons, this is a joke. All right. But anyway... As you know, each month we watch a health documentary, we dissect all the claims, both good and bad, that they make, and we are watching the absolute trash of the earth so you don't have to. Yeah, we're very altruistic like that. So last year we looked at a whole lot of plant-based films, a lot of vegan stuff. So to start 2021 off with a bang, we decided to take a look at the most popular Keto, low-carb, work of fiction, also known as The Magic Pill. Last week, we had an in-depth look at what people are on about when they talk about keto and whether or not it's magical. No, well, it's not, because we, we know that magic is for stories and fairy tales and card tricks in Vegas, but it is not health advice. This week, we're going to take a look at fat, because not only does this film have a lot to say about fat in the diet, but I, I certainly have found that there is a ton of confusion around fats around the place just in general. And this film sadly does nothing to help dispel those myths. Honestly, it actively contributes to dangerous dietary advice. It's a mess. It is a mess. So let's get straight into it. Let's just talk about fat generally because this film and and as I said there's a lot of other information around about fat um this film talks a little bit about what fat is good and what fat is bad and it kind of gets a bit jargony and we want to clear some stuff up for you absolutely so 
To keep it really simple, there are two main types of fats found in food, saturated and unsaturated fats. The unsaturated fats, they can be monounsaturated or polyunsaturated. So whether a fat is saturated, monounsaturated or polyunsaturated depends on the fatty acid chains that make up that particular fat. So saturated Mm -hmm. fat tends to be solid at room temperature and is usually found in animal products. So we're talking about things like meat, dairy, coconut oil, those kinds of foods. Unsaturated Mm -hmm. fats tend to be liquid at room temperature and they are usually found in plants and marine animals. So we're talking about olive oil, rapeseed oil, oily fish, avocados, nuts, these kinds of food. Yeah. And can I just point out that Pixie's favorite thing in the whole wide world is coconut oil. I really especially love using it to lubricate the tube that goes up my ass when I give myself a coffee enema. (laughs) If you don't understand that reference, you clearly need to go back and listen to all of season one's episodes because butt coffee is a thing. And no, I don't put coffee up my ass. What the hell? Get that image out of your head. Of course I don't do that. Why do you think I'm giggling now? I mean, (laughs) I know I gave you the setup for that, but God, I wasn't expecting such a graphic description. Anyway, look, you know... (laughs) Saturated fat, unsaturated fat is, I think it does, you know, that was a really nice explanation, but it does lead to a lot of confusion because, you know, there is this rumor going around that fats aren't as bad as we once thought they were. And I get asked that question quite a lot. I'm sure you do as well. Um, but that fats aren't as bad as, as, as what we, we were initially told they were. And that's, it's not quite accurate. Um, but look, this film, aside from, talking about fats uh, for your general health pretty poorly, it makes some absolutely wild and nonsensical claims about fat. So, for example, it says that if you have bad fats, and specifically they're talking about vegetable oils and because they're toxic and horrible, that your cell membrane, so that's the little wall that makes up your cell, will be tricked into using these terrible fats and then your cells will just fall apart. Um, you know, that's absolute bullshit because the main component of our uh, cell membrane is cholesterol and it can't just be substituted for another type of fat like trans fat. I think that's what they were alluding to. It can't just, you, you can't just swap something out. It's not like putting skim milk instead of full fat milk in your coffee or whatever. Your body will know. Our body makes the cholesterol, synthesizes it for those cell membranes. So it's just absolute nonsense that, that it does that. But they say it with such conviction, don't they? And they have some dodgy diagram to back it up. And the other thing that I really got frustrated with is that they say that the brain prefers fats. And I think we alluded to this last week that this was bollocks. The brain is basically, it needs glucose as its primary fuel source. Can I just point out that I double checked this with one of my neurosurgical friends, oh, good. Um, a lady, yeah, a lady by the name of Dr. Ruth Mitchell. If you don't know her, you should, because apart from being a neurosurgeon, she's also won a Nobel prize. So, um, you know, overachiever, but she confirmed that I was not out of my mind crazy by thinking that by knowing that the brain prefers glucose. So they keep telling us that the brain prefers fats. They have some quack doctor saying that's the case. And it is categorically untrue. The brain far prefers glucose. It will only use free fatty acids if it absolutely has to. And this is when we use ketone bodies, which is what we were talking about last week in, in terms of ketosis. But, you know, they just talk some utter crap there. 
Yeah, they really seem to fall for a couple of fallacies. Firstly, there's this natural fallacy. And then they seem to have this idea that, so they take this premise, which makes total sense, that the food we eat becomes the various tissues, organs, etc., in our bodies. Like, yes, but just because the brain is made of a lot of fat, that doesn't mean that it thrives on fat. That's not how that works. Like, that, it doesn't work that way. And this whole sense of naturalness, like they, I mean, they say that if we eat vegetable oil, our cell membranes will be made with unnatural fats. Like, what is an unnatural fat? Like, if they mean trans fats, fucking say trans fats, because just say exactly what you mean. But also, there are no trans fats in vegetable oils because that would be illegal. They are not in our food system in that way anymore. The only time you will find them is in the super, super cheapest vegetable oil you can get, which you cannot find in supermarkets because you are not allowed to sell it in a supermarket, at least in the UK. I don't know if it's the same in Australia. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that. I have to check. But but yeah, look, you know, they really love to go down this sort of natural, and this is a really common thing, this natural and unnatural, and the, their obsession with vegetable oils being being toxic. And, you know, there's a classic buzzword, isn't it? I mean, I just don't, oh, I hate the way they describe that. It just doesn't make any sense. They don't really provide any decent explanation as to why vegetable oils are allegedly toxic. The only thing that comes close to an explanation is the fact that they say, well, with olives, you can press out the oil really easily and then it becomes cold press extra virgin olive oil. Like, thank you, you just read what it says on the bottle. Like, that doesn't tell me very much. Whereas apparently with, with seed oils, like with rapeseed oil, for example, you have to work really hard to get the oil out and you need a lot of like high tech machinery and you can't do it by hand. And that means it's bad for you. And I'm like, really? That doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, it no. very much plays in with this whole natural ancient argument that they're trying to make. But I'm also, I mean, I don't know how long we've been eating olive oil, but I'm pretty sure that hunter gatherers didn't spend a lot of time press cold pressing olive oil they're probably too busy <laughs> the fucking olives because that's easier but i mean Correct. also in the uk all vegetable oil that you can buy is actually rapeseed oil it's labeled vegetable oil but if you look at the ingredients it says 100 rapeseed oil that mm. is a source of unsaturated fats and it is even a source of omega-3, which is kind of like good stuff that we kind of mm -hmm. need. That's kind need. of an essential nutrient that our body needs to get from external sources in order to physiologically survive and do all the things it needs to do and be kind of have normal functioning. Research says that rapeseed oil has a whole host of health benefits. So why the fuck are we demonizing it here for bullshit reasons to do with naturalness and the fact that apparently when we were hunter-gatherers, we didn't eat them? There's no science in that. No, there's, there's no link. One of the things that I think I've seen a lot of external to this film, but they really take they take aim at is how we got to the point where low fat diets are recommended. And when we say low fat, we're talking about low saturated fat because I believe that most guidelines now make the distinction between saturated and unsaturated fat. Yeah. And how they should, what roles those things should play in your overall dietary pattern. But they basically talk about a bloke by the name of Ansel Keys. So 
Ansel Keys, you may have heard of, he did two very, very big and important studies in nutrition. The first one being the Minnesota starvation experiment, which I think a lot of people have heard of. I'm sure a lot of people who listen to us would have heard of that. But the one that uh, Magic Pill takes aim at is something called the seven country studies. These are massive studies. We still use uh, the findings of these studies because they were well done um, they provided us with I- important information we still use these findings to inform you know future research directions for example so Ansel Keys basically looked at seven separate countries he looked at how much cardiovascular disease there was in that population and then he compared that with the amount of fat in the diet of that population and surprise surprise he found that the people had the country sorry that had high fat contents in their diet also had high cardiovascular disease rates now this study has been criticized quite a lot and the guys in this film just go to town on it they basically you know imply that it was an unethical dangerous study that has set the uh, United States dietary recommendations up for uh, you know many many years ago, and we're still because of those dietary recommendations because this research was wrong, they've actually caused disease rather than prevent it. So really, what they say in the film is that the study actually cherry picked its countries. So basically, he went looking for countries where he knew that this would be the finding rather than taking a representative sample, including countries where they would have high fat intake and low cardiovascular disease. Um, and the other thing that they say, and this is a really common trope in this kind of community, is that sugar is actually the problem and that the seven country study didn't take into account sugar. Now, both of those things have been examined. Uh, this study has been re-examined quite aggressively and both of those things have been found to be categorical lies they are false so for example you know then modern researchers went back and looked at all the original data the original notes all of the you know basically going to the source what they found is that there was no such cherry picking so anyone who's saying that they cherry picked these countries is actually just falsifying it they, they really extensively examined it and the other thing that they found was uh, about this claim that you know keys didn't look at uh, their impact of sugar which is also untrue because they actually did re-examine the data and see if sugar was the problem. And this is really common in science. We will look at the data, we'll say that this this is our finding, but then we can go and reanalyze the data at a later date looking for something else because that's what we do. We're curious kind of humans. Um, But when they re-examined the data later on, they did find, yes, they did find that sugar was associated with heart disease, but that association disappeared when they controlled with uh, the, the statistics they controlled for saturated fat. So sugar was basically only associated with heart disease because it was strongly correlated with saturated fat intake in the diet. So it's sugar's kind of like that dodgy friend who kind of hangs around and won't leave you alone and is just kind of rides on your coattails. It doesn't do anything though, okay? So saturated fat intake 
is a very well-established risk factor for dyslipidemia, for high cholesterol, and therefore there is a causative, a biologically plausible link between saturated fat intake and cardiovascular disease. So when you hear people say that we think that fat isn't as bad as it used to be, we think it's more nuanced, but it has never erased the fact that Keyes' original findings that saturated fat was something to do with the problem were true. Ah. Rant. Mm -hmm. I mean, poor Ansel Keys. He's done some seriously amazing work and he's really turned into a villain in this movie. And he doesn't deserve that at all. Like you said, there's all these accusations that they're throwing at him. At one point, one of these people who claims to be an expert in this documentary says that he deliberately didn't include Germany and France because in those countries, people had high rates of heart disease but ate very little saturated fat. And I'm like, have you been to France? They cook everything in butter. Everything is cooked in butter. And have you been to Germany? The national dish is a sausage. Like, (laughs) there's no chance in hell that these two countries have low intakes of saturated fat. Like, no, that's absolutely not going to be a thing. Like, no way. Not at all. Yeah. And so Keyes was on it. He was really, really on it. And we have Mm -hmm. decades and decades of research from metabolic ward studies all the way to epidemiological research showing that a pattern of eating that is high in saturated fat and low in unsaturated fat increases our risk of heart disease. That should be the end of the story, but unfortunately it's not because of idiots like the one in this movie. We have research showing that when you replace 5% of the saturated fat in someone's diet with unsaturated fat, their risk of heart disease drops. Same for if they replace the saturated fats with whole grains. Heart disease risk drops. We also have research from Finland where there was this huge public health campaign to reduce butter consumption, and that actually caused heart disease prevalence to drop considerably as well. We have so much evidence And these idiots are completely unwilling to accept it. In fact, they go so far as to say that all of this research that was done post-Keys was done in order to prove him right. No, that's not at all Mm -hmm. what happened. The researchers Mm -hmm. had a hypothesis and replicability is is so important. So no, they didn't Mm -hmm. set out to, to, to prove him right. They set out to find if he was right. When something happens that is as big a deal as the seven country study, Of course, other researchers want to make sure that it's legit. So they look at it in other countries, in other settings, in other, in like with slightly different variables, in different, just changing little things or completely replicating exactly that to see Mm -hmm. whether it still matches. It's an if. They set out to find Mm. if he was right because that's how good science works. It's a big if. And then, of course, right at that point on the screen, they show all of this research that absolutely does agree with Ansel Keys. Like, oh, what a coincidence. It turns out that he actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's it's quite funny because if you didn't know those studies or weren't able to look them up or or, or you didn't know the, the broad science, you'd see those, they had like pictures of the journal articles that sort of flash up. You'd be like, oh, they're citing their sources. And you're like, yeah, but they're citing the wrong sources. Like it just, but it would give, it gives it an, an air of credibility. And, you know, I feel like they're kind of banking on the fact that you aren't going to know what they're talking about and you're not going to go and research it, which is ironic because if you remember, 
Pete Evans opens this film when by saying that he saw that this, this was a problem. So he used the only skill that he had available to him, which was doing research. I'd argue he does not have that skill. No. Um, no. You know. Um, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <sighs> Look, you know, he used to have some fantastic recipes. Uh, research, though, I feel like if he put that on his CV, he'd be misleading the interviewers. <laughs> he'd be laughed out of the room, let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, really, also, they're, they're, they're not only expecting us to not do our research, but by this point, they are fully expecting us to be primed to buy into their conspiracy that all of this research yeah. was conducted with an agenda from the very start, yeah. which is categorically yeah. untrue. But they are fully expecting yeah. us to buy into this without really much proof to say that's the case. Yeah, that's true. Just to hammer it home, it doesn't mean that we can't improve on this research. It doesn't mean that we can't or more but I think that the way that Spunner is just is very wrong which then leads us on to the next ridiculously wrong thing they say because they've kind of got it backwards I think it would be safe to say so while they're saying that saturated fat is actually good and we've been lied to they're saying that conversely grains are bad and we have we start with this bloke called William Davis who I think is a cardiologist um, who says that we is the perfect obesogen and mm. I, I just like you know why and then he goes on I've never heard someone talk so much rubbish in my life where you know he starts talking you're like I just don't know what you even said he then tells us that there are 59,000 products that have wheat in it I mean yeah that sounds like a lot but what does it actually mean and did you count them and then he goes on and this is the thing that I just couldn't wrap my head around I said he says one half of one percent of the human race ate grains and legumes for the first time I'm like what? And like, can you not do maths? Like, so 0.5% of the human race? Why, why didn't you say that? Why do you have to complicate it? But look, you know, so 
they're arguing that grains are bad for you. And again, the research is pretty, pretty conclusive that whole grains in your diet, very good for you, reduce your risk of heart disease, reduce your risk of certain types of cancer, you know, increase satiety. Oh, you know, good thing. Also tasty. Grains are tasty. So tasty. So tasty and full of fiber because it turns Mm -hmm. out fiber is kind of good for your body. Very good thought. What a revelation, what a revelation. Look, Mm. it is absolutely possible to live without wheat because people with celiac disease have to and are able to survive and thrive. Having said that, look, wheat is kind of amazing. And I think we just need to just take a moment to appreciate that wheat is kind of great. Wheat is the backbone of so many human civilizations. Mm -hmm. Wheat and rice, without those, where would, where would civilization be? Because without wheat, we would be living in an entirely different way. Wheat and bread have been part of the human diet for an incredibly long time. In fact, actually way longer than the 10,000 years that they mention. The more we research this, the further back we can trace our consumption of wheat and bread. It just gets further and further back. It has been since before we were farming because, my God, can you imagine wheat grew in the wild? Imagine that, a fucking plant growing in the fucking wild where it belongs. And we quickly figured out that grinding it down and mixing it with water tasted delicious and was a great way to keep it for a very long time and it be good stuff. You don't need farming for that. And like, okay, sure, you know, when you grind it down and mix it with water, you're processing it. Oh, it's a process. Well, you know, so is skinning an animal and cooking it. Because, I mean, for fuck's sake, like, be consistent with your arguments. Okay, they say there's nothing you can get from wheat that you can't get elsewhere. And I'm like, duh, again, I refer you back to people with celiac disease. It's a total nonsense argument because there is no such thing as an essential food. That's not how humans work. You can also completely survive without meat and bone broth, did you know, Pete Evans, and you can thrive without those, but that doesn't automatically make them bad for you it doesn't work that way because there is no such thing as an essential food yeah yeah you know i think it's important also to say that they are you know consistently like a lot of films consistently falling back on this you know well ancient people didn't do it um and ancient people didn't have diabetes yeah ancient people died at 35 like Let's calm down and realize that they weren't exactly, you know, living the dream. Uh, the other thing is, you know, wheat is so responsible. It was, you know, a big part of the industrial revolution. Yeah, industrial revolution where we learned to domesticate it. It has allowed civilization to thrive, and our use of it now, uh, our processing wheat and other grains, for that matter, allows us to get food to the world, which is generally pretty important because. I don't know about you, but I don't want starving people on my conscience. You know, that's just how I feel. Call me moral, whatever, but that's just just how I feel. You know, to, to say that to say that wheat and you know, I think they're sort of using wheat as an example for carbohydrates in general is a perfect obesogen. They're basically blaming wheat and other carbohydrates and other grains as the sole reason that people weigh a certain amount that they do is just such nonsense. No food, no one food, and even no one macronutrient is solely responsible for someone's body weight. It's a complex, a complex issue. And I really take, I really take issue with them simplifying that some sort of notion incorrectly in order to, to push an agenda. I just, I just think it's nonsense. But you know, all in all, bad, 
bad, bad science. I mean, no science, actually. You know, the other thing I just thought of, there's a real paucity of experts in this film. Do you notice that there's a lot of journalists and other stuff and they really trot them out in this kind of area. You know, at least Game Changers, like a ton of doctors and they had a few nutritionists and dietitians and, you know, a few other films have had that. There's a real absence, notable absence in this film. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's almost like they couldn't find anyone who would do this and agree with them. (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's because there was a real lack of science in what they were saying even on an anthropological level they're kind of wrong because most humans never actually ate a diet that was 90 percent meat and fat like most most humans way way back in hunter gatherer days which is clearly what they're going for ate a kind of predominantly plant focused diet with some meat and fish thrown in whenever we could get some i mean the thing about looking back to these ancient diets is that there's so much variability. It's not a monolith. It varies so hugely depending on exactly where you lived because different parts of the world, different foods available. For example, if you lived kind of more in the like the Amazon, there's a lot of fruit and vegetables there. Your diet is probably going to be heavily focused around that. Traditional Inuit cultures, huge focus on meat and fat. That's probably, that's probably where you're looking at the 90% meat and fat. Yeah, exactly. But it it varies so much. So then, you know, they are basing this on a tiny percentage of the ancient population, which isn't even representative of everybody. And they're really extrapolating that to how we're supposed to eat now, which is not possible because if we did that, we would not be able to feed the number of people that are currently alive on this planet. So it's really problematic on so many levels. I think we can safely put this one to bed and say that, you know, Dietary guidelines are sound for the general population. Eat your grains, they're good for you. Try and limit your saturated fat and don't watch this film. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Especially the last one. Um, we're back next week and next week people are going to be mad with us. You mean they're not mad already? <laughs> well, people will, yeah, some people are mad with us. Some people like us. But I feel like next week's topic is inevitably divisive and whenever you disagree with the statement that is made, this particular statement that is made, the pitchforks come out a bit. (laughs) This next episode is a classic example of why we are never going to hit five stars on Apple Podcasts because we just (laughs) piss off too many people. It's just because... Also, because, I mean, fuck you, we're right. So so next week, <laughs> we are going to be asking, is food medicine? Spoiler alert. Spoiler the alert. answer is no. <laughs> <sighs> Look, you know, with that in mind, please leave us a rating and please make it five stars because, you know, food isn't medicine. We have some nuance to add to that statement, but please leave us a five-star rating. We, we, we work really hard. We even managed to overcome some technical difficulties to deliver you this episode. Please subscribe to us, but please desperately leave us a five-star rating because we need to fight back. <laughs> but if you have any questions or comments in the meantime, you can get in contact with us on email in badtastepodcast at gmail.com. We really, really like to hear from you. Please tell us your funny carbohydrate stories. We love them. And as always, you can come and see us on our socials. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time. There's also cat photos. Uh, Pixie is at Pixie Nutrition and I am at Dr. Nikki Stamp. And as always, we will leave you some juicy ass references 
and links in the show notes below for your viewing pleasure. Yeah, I mean, I know I say this often, but this week in particular, our references and links are really good ones that are long reads, loads of evidence, really good stuff. If you want to find out more about all of this, because it turns out it's a much better source of info than this fucking shit that we have to watch. But anyway, join us next week and see just how much we can piss everyone off. Accidentally, we're not doing it on purpose, I swear. We'll see you then. Bye. Just a little bit, aren't we? I mean, just a little bit. <laughs> Gold. Oh, I'm just going to start that again. I'm sorry. I just completely cocked that up, like, repeatedly. Right. I'm so mad. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.